0: and welcome back to Rumor Control, uh, Alien Minutes coverage of Alien 3. I'm John Ingle, And I'm Mitch Bryan. And we are entering the third act of both our uh, sh- short run of coverage of Alien 3 and uh, of Alien 3 the movie. Do you think anybody's listening after the last couple of episodes? I bet fewer people are listening. We're really sorry, <laughs> now.
1: No, sorry. We're really sorry.
0: We really do apologize. And I think we've been apologetic enough, maybe. <laughs> maybe so. Last, you know, I, I really don't want to, uh, what do they say, shit on anyone's cornflakes or whatever. Ew, uh, that's yeah, gross. That's kind of gross, but that's what the, that's maybe what it felt like for some people.
1: <laughs> well, I would like to suggest something, though, because it's got me thinking about it. I've always thought it would be difficult to be a film critic because you have to see so many movies that you don't like. Yeah. Hours of your life you can't get back spent watching a movie that you don't learn anything from, and then you have to spend more hours regurgitating and writing bad things about it, and I don't believe in karma, but it can't be great for your mental well-being unless you're just a sadist or something, and so I always thought it was a lot more fun to talk about movies you love than movies you don't love, and so this has been a weird experience talking about this movie that I honestly can say I don't love. I
0: definitely don't love it. And I'm with you. I had a a brief foray into writing critical stuff a few years ago, and typically it was. It turned out to be mostly
1: things I liked. And
0: then when I started hitting ones I didn't like, I just stopped
1: doing it. I just didn't like it anymore. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to make a movie. It's hard to make a successful movie. So, obviously, the majority of stuff is not going to be successful. Yeah. And you have to deal with it.
0: Yeah, and I won't be... You know, I'm one of those people. We're both creative types, too, Mitch. So... It, it kind of hurts my feelings for other people sometimes when movies get completely eviscerated critically, you know, and I'm like, well, you know what, they they also actually accomplished finishing a film. <laughs> like, to me, that's just by itself an accomplishment. No, it's true. Uh, it's absolutely I, true. And I just kind of, I, I rankle at the dismissive, well, that movie just sucked. You know, I'm always like, well, okay, let's talk about why, though. We've got to talk about why. So, I guess that's what we're doing here. Yeah. And I don't think this movie sucks. I
1: right? don't think so either.
0: I think, more than anything, it's a lot of missed opportunities. There's some really good ideas that don't get followed through. It's just one of those things where it, it's kind of incomplete to me, I think. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it sucks. I've seen it many times. It's not like I hate it. It's not like, you know, of a movie franchises that I adore, Star Wars being probably number one for me. I do maybe kind of hate Attack of the Clones, you know, yeah. for instance. But uh, <laughs> right. this this one is not Attack of the Clones level <laughs> at all for me.
1: Well, I guess we should just jump in then and talk about the third act, and that's what we'll be covering today. And, and there's basically three sequences in the third act. Um, the first one starts with Ripley searching for the alien in the basement and ends with Dylan uh, rallying the troops and people screaming, let's go for it. So um, I guess we should talk about that first foray of Ripley's uh, into um, a rather alien-like chamber. Dark and scary well, and, and industrial and smoky and all that good stuff. You know, we just had this little moment where
0: the Sulaco-like ship is coming in, just to, to kind of overlap into the last episode a little bit. And now we've got Ripley, she's, she's decided to go get killed by the alien right that's what her uh, mission is here right i think so yeah it's interesting because this is like a mano-a-mano kind of thing she's actually talking to she doesn't know where the alien is quite yet but she's kind of talking to it and uh, as the scene plays out she continuously has this dialogue that 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 calls back to her experience with it like okay i've lived with you how long i've so long now that I can't remember anything else and now why don't you do something for me for once is what she basically says
1: you've been in my life so long I can't remember anything else now do something for me it's easy There is just such hopelessness in this scene, and and poor Ripley's hopeless a lot of this movie. It's it's really, it's grim, and I don't mind that at all. I think that's a really fascinating place to find her in. Uh, I'm almost inclined to say, to touch on something we'd said before, that I almost wish it would have been Ripley against all these guys and just gone mm -hmm. for it, you know? I mean, that she would ultimately have to come to some kind of hope if she's going to survive. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. but it's a double, it's a tough one for her cause she, she knows that things inside of her, right? So she doesn't want to survive.
0: Yeah, I mean, can you, re- can you think back to the time you first saw this film and whether, can you remember whether you felt like there was ever a way out for her? Like it, it's hard to imagine now because I've seen the movie enough times. and It's been so long since I saw it the first time, but was, as you're watching this, can you ever think Oh Rip, Ripley she might she might make it she might somehow get out of this. I'm not sure if there's any word where the movie allows you to think that.
1: Yeah. That's true. I think that's
0: a I I honestly do think that's a flaw. I think even if your overall idea is to be nihilistic and to suck all the hope out of her, it might have worked better had you given us a little bit to to disappoint us with or something at least to have some kind of an emotional drop at the end or tragic. Yeah sort of feel because in in tragedy typically you have your ups and downs right Uh, like sometimes in a tragedy the middle of the film will be this victorious moment or something right and then they drop you they drop you off the ledge at the end of the movie where this one is just kind of
1: like tragic throughout there are no small victories yeah that's that's true so this moment when she sees the alien or what she thinks is the alien that isn't revealed to be a pipe it's a total cheat okay no doubt So is it a subjective thing are we in her direct point of view and she just has just imagined it so fully that it's there uh, like I don't know imagining uh, somebody in a waking dream state or whatever standing at the foot of your bed uh, and we just have to say that this is this is her point of view or is this just a cheat. It's just a cheat. <laughs> okay. <And here's, laughs> Thank you, John.
0: Well, here's why. I mean, I think if you're going to give me this dreamy, nightmarish, subjective point of view, you've got you to gotta give me something to make me understand that. Like, you can't just... This is just a cut to what's clearly the alien, a cut back to Ripley, a cut to a pipe. Like, there's nothing about this that suggests any kind of hallucinatory thing, is there? I mean... And and what kind of enrage? It doesn't enrage me. What kind of annoys me about it is that we have such a perfect version of it in the first movie, right? Where we have this thing that's hiding, and inst- the, instead instead right. of it being the reversal of oh, it's not really there, it is there because they've established visually established things so many things that look like the alien's head that they're able to hide it in plain sight, and that's such a great moment where that is. Oh, see, the pipes kind of look like the alien's head. Oh, so it's not the alien. Oops. But no, you didn't show me a pipe that kind of looked like an alien. You actually showed me the alien. That's why it's the cheat. Why not design the room? I mean, we haven't been in this particular set before. If that's, that's basically what the whole scene's about, is about this false scare... Design that set so when we walk in, things look kind of like the alien head, and that way you could show me a pipe and I can believe it for a second. It
1: would be even scarier that way because you're like, oh my gosh, it could be anywhere and I'm going to walk in. Right. Yeah.
0: And at least your false scare has some kind of validity to it instead of it just being, I mean, this kind of rusty old pipe, it didn't really even look like the alien (laughs) when we saw it break open. So I don't know. To me, that's a cheat. I think you've got to earn those kind of things. You can't just be like, whoops, it wasn't what you thought it was.
1: Well, speaking of earning, then this follows uh, her having no luck with the alien killing her, and so she has to go to Dylan and ask him to kill her and explain that it's inside of her and, and that this is a terrible situation. How do you feel about this scene? Because ultimately, Dylan says he can't do it. He can't bring himself to kill her. I don't have much time. I can't do what I should I need you to help me
0: I need you to kill me What the fuck are you talking
1: about? I'm dead anyway I can't survive it But the one inside of me Can generate thousands more Can wipe out the whole universe It has to die so somebody has got to kill me. Are you up to it? You don't have to worry about that.
0: It, I don't know. To me, it's a little... I don't understand quite what his motivation is for letting it linger. Why doesn't he just say no? What, is he actually going to do it? And then he changes his mind? Is that what we're yeah, supposed that's to get from... Yeah, the,
1: that's, the, that's the turn in the scene. Is She says do it. She stands up against the bars, expecting him to do it, and then he he can't go through it. He says we we've, we've got to kill it first, uh, the one that's out there, and and you you can help us because it won't it won't c- kill you. So I guess I kind of get that, but I don't know. It seems like there's an awful lot of theatrics built into that that decision. I mean, I, I find that the whole her standing against the bars, Christ-like, uh, waiting for him to hit her, and he doesn't do it, to be. Maybe not the best idea for a scene.
0: Well, somehow the way the scene plays to me, it does not play like he changes his mind here. I, get, I don't know why. To me, it just seems like a kind of uh, needless elongation of the moment. Right. I don't know. No, but, no but prayers, though, John. He, well, thankfully, somebody finally told him no prayers or speeches because- there hadn't been. If somebody would have just said that to him earlier in the movie, we would probably could cut ten minutes out of the film. I guess they did. They did uh, for the theatrical cut.
1: Well, then why does he strike the? I don't know. Why does see again? It's I think theatrical. it's just theatrical fireworks just to try and keep it, you know, interesting. But he definitely doesn't want to kill her, and he says. And the way he the way he reveals that he doesn't
0: want to kill her does not feel like he just figured this out. The way he, maybe it's his way of his like didactic way of saying everything that makes it seem as though this is something that he already had in mind before and and he's tricking her by hitting the bars. I don't know. I'm, so, I'm not being very um, articulate here, but I also think the scene doesn't <laughs> work. So I'm having a hard time grasping what they're trying to get at.
1: And it ends on this double whammy of him first calling her a coward and then saying, if you want to die, kill yourself. And it's just, it's a, it's a strange, strange scene for her to get to the point where she says all right we're going to kill it and then you'll take care of me afterwards it's a lot of work to get there
0: so then we cut to the um this big set and everyone's gathered and this time Dylan's not praying or giving a speech he's actually uh he's actually explaining giving information to the guys so a little bit more of a practical purpose for him talking here than there usually is at the beginning
1: of a scene. I love the Coca-Cola commercial in the director's <laughs> cut. <laughs> what? Aaron is sitting there with a Coke and it's got it turned and you can see it says Coca-Cola on it and it's so weird. It's like totally pro- product placement and it's gone in the theatrical cut. So, is it? Yeah, which I think is ironic that here's their big pl- product placement moment and they decide uh, not to How have it, it in the theatrical.
0: How could it be gone? Like He doesn't say any, he
1: when you when you watch the theatrical, you can barely tell that he's oh. got a Coca Cola bottle in his hand. Oh, he sets it down. He sets it At down. One, yeah, one, and that's they, right. They cut around it, so it's just funny. You know, it's one of those things that. Well,
0: what do you what What are we to take from that? That this, I mean, I it's the last Coke, right? This is the last Coke. <laughs> they must have been in the fridge. That maybe, maybe so. Uh, <laughs> maybe Andrews was saving it for a special occasion, like a bottle of champagne <laughs> or something, and. It's like, well, we're down. We're up
1: against it now. I might as well get that last bottle of Coke. out. Well, if it's the last Coke, they should have at least done a wild bunch thing, you know, and passed it around like the last bottle of whiskey or something. Yeah. Well, if they were, if there was any kind of camaraderie here, maybe they would have. That's true. That's absolutely true. So this is this is the one of the big rally the troops. You know, mm-hmm. call them pussies and see what they do. <laughs> it always works. The beatings will continue until morale improves. Well,
0: how do, okay? So how do you feel about this scene? considering Dylan is the one driving
1: it. I think that's a huge mistake. Yeah. Especially when we just went through the, I'll help you kill it, then you promise to kill me afterwards. That should have just put Ripley into first position because you have the suspense of, once they kill it, which we figure they probably will, is he going to kill her? It's the old Sam Peckinpah thing, right? It's Major mm-hmm. Dundee. I'll go with you on this mission, and as soon as we find the guy that we're looking for, then I'm going to kill you. And, right. and I'm... I would be totally down with that. Uh, she does finally rally, you know, with her speech where she says, you know, they think that we're crud and we've got to show show them that, that we're better than that, which is fine. But I I would just assume it started with her, yeah. stepping up and saying, OK, here's how, how it's going to be you mutts. And you better you can either follow me or you can die. And I would be like, OK, good. I just
0: love it. I love a line where it's, they think
1: they think you're crud and they don't give a fuck. <laughs> like what? We go from G to, to <laughs> R in one sentence. Yeah,
0: it's it's such a weird line. Crud. Where know. did They come up with that.
1: So strange.
0: So but they the, end up you know, making this decision here. To, so what's the plan? What's John? the plan? We're gonna lure it into the smelting area and douse it in lead. Fair enough. It's yeah, fine with it's a good me. plan. It's an idea that makes sense for this location. It's something that you would do to a xenomorph to kill it when you don't have any guns. Dylan keeps carrying this, uh, this axe around. That's not going to do it. You don't want to do that. I mean, I'm surprised that she hasn't told him to put the axe down. Like, dude, you hit that thing with an axe, it's going to spray acid all over you. Oh, that's which is, true. Which that's is so something funny. That is, You're right. You know what? It, it's just occurring to me now. Other than the the acid melting spots that um, we find earlier in the film, there really acid doesn't play into this. There's movie no at all. acid for blood moment. No, you're right. After we get exploding acid bath aliens, and it's so aliens. good in
1: Aliens. How do you top that? Like yeah. that moment when when they fire the gun and then the acid sprays back on them was just so terrifying. And and
0: I mean, you got, but you almost you almost owe it to the audience to have one moment in this movie, though. I mean, it's a it's an expectation. Uh, if alien movies are a genre it's a genre expectation right we expect at some point to have somebody get sprayed by some acid it's interesting that they chose not to i mean i'm not completely against it i just uh, as a choice but it never really occurred to me so i guess it didn't matter that much if it never really occurred to me before yeah
1: i think it's interesting though that we start into this plan for the next sequence that we're going to you know, everybody's going to use ourselves as bait and we're going to all move it around and drive it to one area. But I'm still kind of confused about the geography of the place. I still feel a little bit like I don't really know where everybody is. And so I'm just going to have to take it on faith that it's going to work a certain way. Is that just me or, or no, it's not just you. I can't imagine that a bunch of people think they have this all
0: figured out. But one of the problems that I real didn't realize I was having with the movie until I saw it with um, subtitles on was that they, I think this is a matter of how they deliver the dialogue, the accents of the characters, and kind of how quickly things move. But there's these channels, right, that all have lettered names, Channel A, Channel B, Channel J. And that's what the, so if you get it in Channel J, I'll sh- close the door and you get it into Channel A, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest, I never really occurred to me that that was going on any other time I've ever watched this movie until I saw it in the subtitles. It was like the way they were saying it, it just didn't strike me as, oh, okay, the channels are the tunnels and the doors. I was just like, yep, tunnel door, close it, sure, get up to the thing. But it, it, it's a detail that's there that at least starts to hint at the geography a little bit. You might be able to guess that there's some sort of alphabetical order of the, of the tunnels, but boy, it sure would have helped to have some moment... Where we had one screen that showed an overhead view of this place. Yeah. Like there was the center of it and the channels all came out of it and we would know.
1: Like a star. Yeah, I agree. I find that to be endlessly frustrating. And then you have to combine that with the fact that you've got each of these men essentially on their own. There's a couple of pairs, but you've got guys in places where you don't know where they are running by themselves. So there's no real communication going on. And it's frustrating. Yeah, We do get a, finally, we get a glimpse of the alien eating somebody. So that's that's a nice clue. And that leads us into the first of many alien POV shots. How do you like the POV shots, John? I'm of two minds about them. There's something, like,
0: when I see it, I go, uh, it seems kind of cheap. Like, it, it does seem kind of cheap to me. Like a ploy to get just, a, oh, here's just a different visual wrinkle. At the same time, that's a good thing. Like, I, I, I kind of like that it's different and it's novel. And the more I watch it, the more I accept it, I think. The more I watch this movie, I go, you know what? This isn't dumb like I thought it was before. This is actually kind of cool, and it's at least something I've never seen before. It's a new idea yeah. in the movie. I don't particularly like it when when Ridley Scott does it in Alien Covenant. Well, it's not a new idea It's anymore, not a new idea anymore at that point. So really, its value, to me, seems to just be that it's new. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if it adds a whole lot as far as suspense or or anything else. I
1: liked it when it spun upside down though, so then we realized this thing can run on the walls and run on the ceilings. Did you like that?
0: Yeah, and and I guess that was an accident. They, the The steadicam operator was just playing around with the camera while they were rolling. At I think one point. Fincher asked him to do it. Well, I I thought in the documentary they said the the steadicam operator was doing it, and then they said, "Oh, can you? do Oh, that? okay, all right." while you're running basically he was doing it while he was standing still and they said can you do that while you're running and he said i don't see why not and yeah i think it's a great effect it does it makes it that makes it a little bit scarier yeah because it can go around anything and there's not really other than closing a door in its face there's not much
1: that can stop it so we're following one man after another with a torch screaming asking where everybody is um shouting and hoping that we're gonna drive the alien where it needs to go uh, this is also one of those instances where, because everybody's more or less dressed the same way, it's it's uh, everybody looks kind of alike. Yeah,
0: it is kind of hard. I mean, I know I know Pete Postlewaite from other movies, so when I see Pete Postlewaite, I go there he is. That's Pete Postlewaite. I can't remember his character's name now. His name Even is David. David, that's right. Because it's yeah. Um, I've come to recognize Morse, and you know, because if you see the end of the movie, you know. You know that he's the last man standing, so that kind of helps. But some of these other guys, I just don't—I just don't know who they are. I just—I don't know, and even one of them's wearing a hat. So we've suggested many times just a hat would help, and yet I kinda doesn't. it kind of
1: doesn't. It still doesn't help me with that guy. I don't know who that guy in the hat is. So Dylan steps up though, seeming to take some kind of charge, uh, telling Ripley to stay put. So he's—he's he's clearly got something in mind. Uh, There's a couple of good alien jump out scares I think in this again as scale becomes tricky because suddenly the aliens head is really big and it's right there and it's menacing versus other shots where we're just seeing
0: it's like it's a long shots of the puppet it's like a puffer alien or something like it can (laughs) Can change that'd be an interesting idea if it's like a puffer fish style where it could change sizes
1: so you got a scene where the alien appears behind a guy, right? And he mm-hmm. turns around and it's pretty much the Harry Dean Stanton, yeah. look up, be scared, see the giant alien, and it and it gets him. And I just feel like as I watch that happen, that I have no investment in this guy. Yeah. I just don't care about him. And that that's heartbreaking to me. Like This stuff should be really scary. But as many times as I've seen it, and as many times as I've maybe gotten to know who these people are, at least from actor to actor, I cannot care about them. Yeah, and that's a bummer. Well, at least there's still Ripley. We care about her, and she's starting to get sicker. So, these guys from the weyland Yutani company that have arrived—they take a long time to get there. Well, they're, it's in slow motion, Mitch. No, so it's thinking. not. The first shot—it's <laughs> space boogers are going oh, it's at not? full speed, and those guys are not in slow motion. No, huh? They're just like walking. It's just all—I guess there's just a long distance for them to cover. They got to give the alien time to get everybody. Well, maybe that's
0: part of their plan. You know, we discussed how much they know. Well, that's true. What's going on, yeah. Take maybe your time, fellas. Somebody's monitoring all of this right now. Like, okay, well, <laughs> we're down to like three guys. Wouldn't now. that be
1: great if they had a screen and it was like a pick them off screen, and so you could just start a, to see how many guys are gone, and then at least we'd kind of know where we're headed with this.
0: And they're yeah, you know, in their case, it's they're they're waiting until they're less guys instead of warning guys as they get picked off, like in aliens.
1: Well, finally some people wind up in the central corridor with Ripley and we've got at least like five guys in one room. Uh, Poor Kevin bites the dust and we finally see the alien kind of slide out into the space. So now at least I kind of know where we are and I definitely know where the alien is. It's big. So that's helpful. And it's big again. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's so funny. Whenever the guy's in the suit, man, it's, it's a hell of a lot more impressive. I wonder if there's just something about it being on all fours that just is is not as creepy as it standing up because it's I don't know a human yeah. thing a bipedal thing maybe. I think it's funny they put toys out of aliens, the little toys. Because mm-hmm. I have a couple of those, and it's like you know that's what the kids want. Now, was that a, was that after Alien Three? I think it was. I don't think they did it. So I our, mean, they
0: did obviously. They did the big giant alien toy after Alien, the, the first one, yeah. The Famous alien, um, but I don't, yeah, and they definitely did do aliens toys, yeah. Oh, yeah, they definitely r rated
1: merchandising toys. Is, is tricky. Robo- Maybe it was the comic book was helping or something.
0: Robocop did pretty, I think they, they sold some Robocop toys, um, before it got to the PG version. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was right after Robocop. Was there an Ed 209? I don't remember there being, I just remember there being, well, you know, there was a RoboCop cartoon, too, so I'm not 100% sure which one of the toys came from, really.
1: there Was there ever an Aliens cartoon?
0: I th- oh, see, now there's something in the back of my mind that's told me that they, were, they tried and it didn't happen, but that they were going to do it, and maybe there was a line of toys that had something to do with that. It's worth the, i could google like it but i'd universe. rather have a listener tell us yeah let's I, well i think they already have before that's the thing <laughs> yeah probably i feel like there's a line of toys and there's one of them that's like a xenomorph trap i i sent to, to remember it's like a ship that's got a bubble on the back of it that oh, keeps the xenomorph in, that's right? fun and uh i think maybe that was all from a, a failed attempt at an animated series but i could be wrong
1: so we finally get a shot of the Whale and Yutani I, guys getting closer, by the way, John. And I want you to talk about the costumes, um, which is pretty funny given that there are <laughs> shower curtains, plastic shower curtains, hanging behind Aaron when these guys walk in. It looks to me like maybe they're wearing the same thing. They're,
0: they're just basically... Well, the, you got your like post-apocalyptic cyberpunk guys with guns with these crazy metal masks on, but then you got a guy comes in that looks like he should b- been in some kind of a new wave electro band in the early 80s, you know, with the sunglasses and the wavy, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. transparent. Yeah. It does look like he's just wearing the shower
1: curtain that's behind him. And then we get a strange piece of humor that we didn't expect. Two guys run into each other, realize neither one of them is the monster, have a good laugh about it, and then, of course, one of them gets killed.
0: Yeah, I think you, you know what, that, that rings true to me. I think you would have a moment. You're absolutely horrified, horrified. For, and then something happens that's as horrifying as you can imagine then you realize it's not the thing that you thought it was I, I would probably laugh my ass off yeah in that I think situation. it's a welcome bit of humor and then yeah.
1: then taken
0: away from us immediately by well yeah and, and so then in a movie it should be taken away
1: immediately <laughs> <laughs> again absolutely one of them should absolutely die right there so Ripley finds herself almost fighting directly with the alien and she's trying to rescue a guy kind of cool yeah it's pretty good and the alien with the smoke and the and and the the motion of it i don't know if they did anything with the with the frames or whether it's just the the way that that actor was able to to play the creature but it's really effective it's really other otherworldly
0: god you know thinking about it too this battle hand to hand fight with the alien hand right? hand to tail hand to tail fight with the alien would have been a great opportunity to give ripley an acid bath she's going to it through two movies without ever getting hit by that stuff right Give her one to the face. Like, scare
1: us. Make us think that this is it. Well, it, the problem is is that it there's still no real threat from me because you know it's not going to kill her. Well, yeah, but it wouldn't be a purposeful thing,
0: right? Like, if she did something to it and it sprayed acid on her, it doesn't have any control over that. So, that could be a like, oh, shit. No, I didn't. I'm not trying to kill you. But we, that's when we could believe that she could die, right? We've seen people. Right die of, of getting hit by too much acid already. So maybe we that would have been a good moment for us to get Ripley that way. And then she could be the end of the movie she could have a badass scarred face, you know, like <laughs> before she jumps off. Why wow. not? All it's right. time for it's time for Ripley to Bald die anyway. Let's do She'll some look like stuff. Blofeld. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> anything anything though to make us believe she could die without just killing herself. Like what it, yeah, what
1: it, I don't know. I think that would have been an interesting moment. Did you recognize Bishop uh, in the first scene where Aaron's leading all the guys through? I can't did, remember. Did you spot him? Well, I mean, I knew he was going to be there. Now, yeah. so it's been so many so long since I've
0: seen it for the first time. Whether I, uh, I, I doubt if I put it together. Well, I'm pretty sure in the very first shot. When he's out of focus in the background, it's not Lance Hendrickson. I'm pretty sure that's just some guy. Oh, really? It's, the shape of him doesn't look quite right to me. Interesting. But then when they're walking through and he's got the conveniently raised like scarf over his mouth. And he's, he looks, like he's, got a, it looks like, like he's got his near-dark goggles on, too. Yeah, which that's great. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, he, it's obviously him if you're really paying attention. But you wouldn't be, right? The first time you're watching the movie, you're probably paying attention to the first guy you saw. Right. In the who's center frame, so, um, so it's good. There's
1: a good chance I didn't realize it. How do you feel about Dylan's death? So Dylan uh, is in the in the in the hall, and he talks Ripley into getting out of there, which is interesting, mm-hmm. um, given that we're kind of reaching the end of the journey. Mm-hmm. Say go, and I'll stay. And uh, he faces the creature down, and it uh, it comes after him in a both a point of view shot and then an overhead shot masked by by smoke as it as it gets him yeah you good with that i don't know i i'm not sure how earned it is like what what
0: what is his motivation for saving her at this point like okay he cares about ripley but doesn't he also believe that she's doomed why is he trying to save her and why is he sacrificing himself just to do that i i'm not sure if any of that's really earned
1: but at least he he knows that he'll get the thing into the chamber Sure, but she could have done she that. She could have well. done that too. She could have been dust and lead too. Absolutely, frankly, then then you know
0: everything's well. At least you you're led to believe that everything would have turned out the way they wanted it to. So I'm not sure why he changes the script there. Uh, I mean, they being you know, the I mean? they I mean, being Ripley, I mean, Dylan, and, yeah. yeah, Ripley, yeah. yeah, not the not the actual script, but yeah,
1: the um, and not the company either. The, the company wouldn't be happy about that
0: either. No, not at all. It just doesn't seem in character. I don't know. But obviously, we want Ripley. We don't. We don't want Ripley to die that way. That's not a very satisfying resolution to Ripley's story.
1: So, I just think they could have probably worked a little harder to earn that moment. I remember seeing the movie when it came out and thinking of Terminator Two, which had also been out around the same time. Yeah, uh, maybe it was ahead of it a little bit by months, but that was an unfortunate coincidence, probably, that they both wind up in this you know this environment full of orange light and smoke and and you're pouring you're pouring liquid over the alien it's molten molten lead over the alien and what is it that they pour is it liquid oxygen or something what is it that they do to the terminator liquid metal liquid metal right so we're kind of having, it's really interesting parallel development going on with these two movies yeah thankfully
0: they cut the scene where the xenomorph gives the thumbs up <laughs> from, uh, from the lad cuz that was li- just way too close to home
1: <laughs> sorry i laughed into my mic there <laughs> You're a funny guy, John. Uh, yeah. How close were the? Wait,
0: wasn't um, wasn't T two ninety one, or was it ninety two? I thought that T two was ninety one for some reason.
1: But even if it's within a year, yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there was a big CG advance with T two. Now, really, the one apparently the one real CG alien shot is when the alien turns its head and you see the cracks form all over it, and and I guess that was a CG effect. See, I and I and I really like
0: this you know you you have to have the false kill of the alien like there's no way pouring the lead on it should have been the thing to kill it i totally agree with the choice of it jumping out and i love the dousing of it with the water and it exploding i think all this is great i wish it would have led up to it better (laughs) like it doesn't feel like a big like yes moment to me even though i like it uh had the had the pieces leading up to it been put together a little bit better maybe it would have been but um the idea is there i like it yeah, I do too. It's it's clever
1: and and it's just, scary just when it, it's scary build. when it comes out of there. I really do like that, and I, I oh, like yeah. the fact that it comes roaring up there and it's and it's it's the same but different because it's got all the lead all over it. I think that's a pretty pretty cool thing.
0: I don't know, you know, every time they kill the alien, it makes you wonder. Why it's so valuable. With every movie, isn't it less valuable to the bioweapons division of Wayland yutani Because there's more ways there's, to kill it well, every time, t- time. Ripley's like, I personally have figured out multiple ways to kill these things. <laughs> so just to let you know, maybe that's what her negotiation technique should have been at the end here when, when uh, Bishop, the real Bishop shows up, or however you want to put it, Bishop the Man. Is it Bishop the Man? No, he's a, he's, an, he's an android too. He's lying. Right. I wonder what the audience. If there is there any argument about this, but we're not quite there yet. But
1: well, he. Me, I once mean, he, he tells he, her he's not the android, right? Yeah, but he's and also he's very human. untrustworthy. Well, that's right. And he, and his ear comes off in a very strange way. Right when he gets whacked, and he's got this ear hanging off of his head, but he doesn't seem to be in pain. He's not in any pain at all, even though he tells her again, "I'm not a droid." Uh, I don't know. That's a really interesting question. I'm I'm not sure whether I know for sure whether he's whether he's a drug okay. or whether he's a human.
0: If there's any, I don't know how many medical doctors listen to the Alien Minute podcast, but if any of you are out there, can you tell me if it's even possible to tear a person's ear quite that way without it being absolutely catastrophic to them? Like I would think, if your ear came off and was dangling like that, would re- you would have to yank cartridge out of your head? To get that to happen? I mean, you would be in
1: unbearable pain. Cartilage or cartilage? Car- cartilage. cartilage. Okay, Cart- yeah. Wait, what, you said, did you say cartridge? I was like, no, Maybe he cartilage. is a droid. He's got a cartridge in his head. That would have been really cool.
0: Um, yeah, to me, I, I think, that, well, and also he protests for no real reason, uh, at least in the director's cut. Yeah, in the
1: director's cuts. cut, he yells, I'm not a droid. Well, there's what, none of that in the in the theatrical. Which
0: makes zero sense, really. Like, why, why would you say
1: that unless you are? <laughs> You know, it's, that's a death protest too much sort of thing to say. I never thought about this being that much of a mystery. I always assumed it was the real Bishop just because we'd seen the fake one already and I figured it was a new idea. But you're right. I have no idea whether this guy's for real or whether he's just a a lying robot. Well, I mean, he's, he asked her to trust him what,
0: two, three times. Yeah. That means you can't be trusted. I, I mean, if you have to ask that many times. First of all, he's at, and if, I, I think. Would you say, uh, trope wise, in movies, if a character asks you to trust them, yeah, you shouldn't trust. You shouldn't. Him. If, if Indiana Jones tells you to trust him, maybe you could trust him. <laughs> but when somebody even you can, up tru- the you idea can of trust, you can trust him, but he's going to screw up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can trust him. He's he's got the he's got the right ideas. He'll but say, I got to figure
1: <laughs> it out. Trust me, and of course he doesn't. Typically,
0: the most trustworthy characters don't have to mention the word trust. Is what I'm saying. So I think the fact that Bishop here asks her to trust him so many times means he clearly can't be trusted.
1: I think it's interesting that we that in one draft uh, Aaron calls him a fucking Android right Is it Aaron or Morse and and, and attacks oh. attacks him and hits him right and then gets shot down gets machine gunned but uh again he's he seems to think he's an Android Aaron, Aaron's the one that hits him in the movie. Right, and he says, and he yells fucking an android before he hits him. And that's maybe why he says, I am Wait, not, not a droid. Wait, not in the movie, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. Did he say fucking yeah, android? Yeah, he says fucking an android, and then he attacks him and hits Did him over I the head. It? And then and then the guy yells, I'm not a droid. So I guess that's who it's directed to, even the guy he's directing the comment to just got machine gunned. So I guess he's telling Ripley that. Doesn't seem to, didn't work. I just completely missed him
0: saying that. I, just, I don't know why. They have some pretty... Heavy duty video equipment. They've got Marty at the M- Whale and Utani Corporation. They have Marty McFly's camcorder from Back <laughs> to the Future. It's massive. Why is it that? I mean, okay, so many camcorders were were around by now, right? In ninety yeah, two, I think so. I guess they just decided to go for the big, bulky look for some reason. It's a news camera. They're still
1: big and bulky oh, yeah. even now. That's
0: true. I guess. I guess you're right.
1: So sadly, our our boys go down. The last ones that are alive, leaving leaving Ripley to uh, throw herself off of the balcony and I cannot believe they have Lance Hendrickson have Bishop yell no like the way he does it in a big long no with like 20 O's after it. So even people that like this movie
0: I bet nobody likes no. I bet nobody likes him yelling no. It's just does it's just yelling no it's such a jokey I mean
1: it's like a parody. It's a parody (laughs) move. It's a cliche. (laughs) So and it has been yet they do it in so many movies, right? At least Kirk yells con and doesn't yell no, but
0: Well, I think ever since like McBain's partner got killed on the Simpsons, you know, when they're <laughs> watching trailers for M- McBain movies, uh-huh. every time that happens, you know, he always like looks up at the ceiling and goes, "No!" Right. I think that was the end of it, right? You don't get to <laughs> Which do Which I think it. You... probably happened before this movie came out. I'm pretty sure there was probably, uh, probably a McBain moment like that in a Simpsons episode before this movie came out.
1: And then does Anakin yell it somewhere in one of the Star Wars movies?
0: I uh, yeah, Just yell no when yeah. you're here? Yeah. I don't remember and that. Maybe
1: the third one?
0: I don't remember. I, even even the prequels didn't have if the Even the prequels didn't have it. Man, you would think that those would have it, but I don't remember it. Well, Luke yells no when Ben
1: well, dies, but not like that.
0: No, like in a real way, though. Right, like, like that's in a real like way. When you see somebody die and you go, no, right, you know, right. and then obviously he yells no when Darth Vader tells him he's his father, but also, Shh. oh no, also very he just earned. Ruined
1: it. Yeah, everybody's
0: everybody's seen Empire Strikes Back now. Yeah, I guess so. And if you haven't that's your fault
1: I, it, everybody hasn't because yesterday i showed star wars in my class and to about 40 people and uh, 20 of them i'd ne- never seen it before i still can't believe that at least 15 of them maybe it wasn't 20 but 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 over a dozen students in that room had never seen star that's, wars before what's wrong so they got to see it on the big screen so that was kind of awesome well, that's cool at least so the big question for the final scene really is, uh, or for Ripley's final scene, is: Do we like it with or without the chestburster?
0: burster? Um, I guess I I guess I'd have to side on without, mainly because I don't know what it adds. I don't know if it really adds anything. To, it almost just seems like ah eh, throw something in there. That's what it feels like to me, and I and I don't get it the ch- a, a human being being chest bursted should be a real moment like the two times we've seen it we only seen it twice right obviously the arguably the greatest moment in all of these movies right is kane and then we get this horrifying sickening moment in the beginning of aliens with the woman that's pasted to the wall and here we have our main character Ripley, and it's just kind of like a passive oh well, look, she got just she's so.
1: had the dream in alien right but So she she's, almost it didn't actually didn't come out. I didn't know. didn't fully come out yeah. I don't know I, there's something about how it comes out and I know it's just it's probably just empty spectacle and it's like why not why the hell not because so it feels the heat and it decides to get away as if it can. But then the way that she kind of holds it to herself like this weird mother and child. It's that, yeah. I, I like it. I don't know. I don't, I know it's kind of cheesy, but there's something about it that, that I sort of do. Well, dig. she's, she's like strangling
0: it, but it, uh, it has that look of when they hand the baby to the mother yeah. right after, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess, I, I guess it's fine. I'm not, like I said, I'm straddling the fence on it. I think it, it breaks up the kind of bad looking <laughs> effects effect. shot. Uh, I, and I'm
1: sure that Fincher probably hated it and that. Yeah, I'm sure that it seemed like a really crass move on the part of the producers. But sometimes producers do crass things and and it's OK. You know, yeah. what were the producers telling Coppola on The Godfather? Make it crass. Yeah. He didn't want to shoot all the blood and stuff. Right. Mm. Sometimes it's what movies Mike Nichols said that that m- what movies do well is is the obvious. They don't do subtlety necessarily well, but they do the obvious very well and there is a kind of obvious impact to that to that scene. And then then no. we, then we've got a we go back to we re- revisit our our model shot uh with the with the fires going out, which I think is pretty beautiful. Yeah, I love that. I love those like what do you call them chimneys
0: or uh exhaust valve or exhaust ports or whatever you want to
1: call them. You have this weird upside down sun sunset uh sunrise, I mean, and then these inventory shots of the place being shut down which reminds us of alien at the beginning you know the 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 shots of the ship coming to life uh, but then it ends on the strangest note which we see morse the one survivor and he does this weird little like travis bickle in taxi driver you know when he <laughs> looks into the mirror and it goes kind of backwards it's just this weird little stutter um he's one. fucking around like the alien's still there or something
0: Here, here's the part where, I mean, clearly, that if you got to have that moment, it should have been Aaron, like as it was apparently originally supposed to be, like that they never ended up shooting at all. But it was supposed to be, he was supposed to be the one, 85 as he's now called, but before he was considered to be this dumbass character, he was supposed to be the guy that kind of got through this alive and walked out. And I man, such a better developed character for that moment to land on like a, when he turns and looks at the camera it's
1: like that guy
0: what I, am i supposed to get a feeling out of that i don't get a feeling out of I, that. it's interesting There's that no he chooses there he chooses
1: anything. to end the movie on the face of a madman rather than the face of of the sane survivor well is he a madman i don't even know oh yeah that he's guy a mad, is. that's Morse. he's he's crazy but what did he do what well, did he, he do was, was so crazy he was what has he done through the course? He's just acted crazy. That's, that's all it. I'm saying. I mean, that's yeah. not enough. That's not. I mean, he, he's it's... saying he was saying insofar as he helped Ripley. He's like, what yeah. can I do to help you? Um, but yeah, he's always seemed to be the guy who's kind of kind of wacky.
0: I mean, it even would have been ironic had they had he had Aaron still been the dumbass 85 IQ guy. And he was the, the, the one, one who survived. survives. Right. um he, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense that this is the guy at the end of the movie to me. I just... Yeah. The, the two beats that end the movie make zero sense to me. I don't understand why it's Morse that and, survives. And what's and the I last beat? I have no idea why the Nostromo... Why the... That recording from the end of Alien is the one we're hearing at the end of this movie. Why would it be... I mean, we're getting the idea. They're showing us this, the EEV here, right? Yeah. So we're, this is a practical... This is... Supposedly coming from the EEV, correct? Yeah, it's not just a, a non diegetic sound over it, right? No, it's it's diegetic. It's it's. Why is it coming have, from this one? I have no idea. I I mean, it makes I no sense. It could be there. You could argue, but you, you have to do an awful lot of work to tell
1: me how it's there. It just doesn't make Would sense. Would it have been better if they'd have just chosen to do it as a um as a non diegetic choice, like you? pull back from the planet and you hear her voice or something, so it's just an artistic choice, I clearly artistic choice. Why do it at all?
0: Why do it at all? I mean it would have made more sense had there been something from the end of aliens. Because what they're doing is the show with this shot, they're mirroring the end of aliens, right? Where we see Ripley, Newt, and Hicks in their cryotubes sleeping uh, right. ostensibly peacefully until rescue, and now we're seeing empty tubes. Of course how are these tubes all intact? <laughs> now that I think about it, when you see the shot. That's the scanner that she
1: used. Yeah, but aren't those it. the cryotubes?
0: Or is this a different part of the ship? Maybe that's something I didn't
1: understand. I thought that was what she used as a scanner. Was the cryotube. Got, it was cryo cryotube, yeah. And it well,
0: was a, wasn't uh, Hicks is completely smashed beyond recognition? One was, at the least, one was. Anyway. No reason to nitpick at this point. We're, we're at the end of the movie. <laughs> it's like I just
1: don't quite get those last two beats at all. Uh, I, I could have I, been a better way to end the. Movie. I dropped a stitch in sort of indicating when these sequences happened in the film. You know, we, the oh, first yeah. one started with Ripley looking for the alien, ends with the guy saying "Let's go for it," and then the next sequence in the film is the really long one that goes from the point of them starting to to do, put the plan into place until the death of the alien. It's like a, a it's a long twenty six minute sequence. Basically, yeah. it's really really something. And then you the final sequence really starts with the. Once the alien is dead, with the Weyland-Yutani guys coming up and yeah. the final confrontation and death of Ripley, and then everybody leaving the place.
0: I suppose action action based sequences can end up being pretty long sometimes, depending. Like it it's, they're not there are not a lot of specific beats in those. Sometimes it's just action, There's people running and throwing things and whatever. In that case, it got maybe a little repetitive and that needed to be cut down,
1: which maybe it was. Was it you a always little look shorter for the, in the. You always look for the. It's definitely shorter in the other version. Yeah. But you always look for the new ideas in the third act. You know, what's that last light that gets, you know, shown through the diamond that creates a new color? Mm-hmm. And with the exception of the Bishop, droid or not, showing up, you know, the third act of this movie doesn't really have anything that iconic, which right. is maybe why. I remember the alien coming out of her chest as she's throwing herself off at the very end. Uh, I'm not sure that reflects anything in terms of character. And maybe that's one of the reasons that the third act is kind of unsatisfying. You get the new idea of the alien point of view, but do you really get any new ideas for the third act of the story? And I don't know that you do.
0: You, know, I do like where the movie ended up as far as Ripley makes a, cho- a conscious choice to, to end it all. Yeah. So if this was the, actually the end of the whole series, uh, if they didn't go back to the well yeah. one more time,
1: I'm pretty satisfied. Yeah, I had somebody say that to me. I remember talking to them after the movie came out, and they said they thought it was a fitting conclusion for the alien story. And I thought, well, all right, that's a well well put, well, good yeah. way to say it. I agree.
0: I think it is. And, and while well, well, I don't think the movie in and of itself works, that well at least gets us to where we want to be uh uh, at the end of the franchise if the franchise had been or the end of the trilogy i guess is the way to put it so i I mean i'll give it kudos again i don't hate it Uh, i don't hate this movie like we said at the beginning mainly i think because they they managed to at least while kind of they kind of fumbled with it a little bit. They at least ended it, ended it up on something that I find pretty satisfying.
1: Can we think of any third films in series that are successful? Okay, I'll I'll argue that Back
0: to the Future 3.
1: Oh, it's totally better than Back to the Future 2. It's way better than Back to the Future oh, yeah. 2
0: and actually does a pretty good job. Definitely creates a whole new way to look at the franchise, right? And uh, I think it's pretty satisfying uh back to the future three might be one of the better versions, and, and that was the sort of the beginning was that was that the really kind of the first time they ever shot two movies just right in a row like i think that? so well
1: three and four musketeers right? oh right
0: but that's that was not intended to be that way right exactly uh, or was it
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but th- third movies you know outside of uh obviously goldfinger <laughs> it's a uh, is, right. is a really amazing third movie, it is. but you don't think it of is. it the same way. It's something about the Bond series; it feels more like a series than it does a, like a trilogy. Like Goldfinger wouldn't have been the third of a trilogy. There's no, there's no continuing story there really. Other so than that's where the, Good, the Bad, and the
1: Ugly. Good, the Bad, and the Ugly thing, is a right? very successful third it's film. It's a very too, successful third sure. film, even though Clint Eastwood's character has a different name in all three of the movies.
0: Yeah, that's that's one of those uh, trilogies that's that's a little off. Right. Center, right? right? Because
1: it's like is it a
0: true is he a real person? Is he you know, you know there's questions involved in the right. man with the right. name trilogy where but as far as like strictly this is a trilogy of films or here's a franchise, it's really hard to nail that third movie. What about
1: um Escape from the Planet of the Apes? See, I, I, I I'm not a Planet of the Apes expert. I can't even remember exactly. So which that's one that the one is. where they go back in time, and it's just you just have oh, the, right, right, the three right. apes. Um, I like that one. That one's pretty great. It's 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 fresh and different, and conti- continuation of the characters. I just thought of another one. Oh well, the new Planet of the Apes. The three new the third Planet one's of the, apes? the best one. Third one's the best one, <laughs> definitely. I
0: think so too. And definitely. and you know what? Last Crusade works pretty good. It's not yeah. works spectacular. It, it's
1: not it's not the best of the three though.
0: It's no, it's not at all. Obviously
1: not. But you're and right. When it's we're a, comparing to, so it's a good third. It's a good third entry in the two, as far
0: as the two Lucas trilogies at the time. It's far more successful to me than Return of the Jedi. I well, agree. Return of the Jedi is fine. I mean, there's things about it that work fine. But it, last, the Last Crusade is a better made film, and Sean Connery's fantastic. There's no, uh, all the characters are treated pretty well outside of maybe Marcus um, Brody. Yeah. Um, but, you know, where in Return of the Jedi, I think they forgot to write Princess Leia's character, you know, and things like <laughs> yeah. that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could, could probably go on and on about this. But the third movie's hard to nail, especially when you got, especially when that, there really wasn't supposed to be more movies here. I mean, right. We agree that there was Alien could have very, very easily been the only one ever made and uh, and didn't set up for us for. Any kind of a franchise, really, but they went for it and with with varying results. And this one's not as bad as some. I'll say that is this it, one's is, way uh, better than a couple of the others. How about four, yeah, what four, four th- fourth movies or four, no, Alien Four, th- no, th- no, yeah, Ali- specifically Alien absolute, Four. I, I think it's a dreadful movie. Yeah, I I, w- I would almost go so far as to say it sucks. <laughs> but I don't want to be that. Disp- There's things about you know my friend. Um, it's a pretty good guess that we won't be doing this for Alien Four, right? Uh, our friend Pete, the retailer from Star Wars Minute, always says that it's a pretty good Ch- Joss Whedon movie until the alien shows up, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? That's that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. So
1: do uh, so do we want to say anything else about what may be coming down the pike on on our Alien Minute feed or?
0: Well, we, you know, we have our we we started our Patreon, so we we're, we're gonna have numerous different kinds of episodes over there, a couple times a month, maybe just once a month, depending. You're, you're only paying for uh, each individual episode. So um, we'll be doing the Quadfecta over there. Many of you have listened to our episodes of the Quadfecta. Um, We're going to be doing that, among other things, maybe some movie commentaries. And then um, as far as the main Alien Minute feed that you're all subscribed to, uh, I think we're going to continue to do movies sort of this way. And I think we're going to kind of stick to an Alien theme, not Alien, the franchise, but movies with aliens in them. So we're, I think we're going to break down sequentially or by act uh, different movies that have uh, have aliens in them, right? Is that basically what we, what we're thinking? Yeah. So we uh, I don't know if we should say exactly what those movies are yet, but they're good ones. They're ones we like. <laughs> we'll we'll
1: say that for sure. Exactly. We're only going to be talking about movies with aliens that we like. Twelve men have just discovered something. And it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's won. We will, of course, entertain suggestions uh, if you would like to leave anything on the Facebook oh yeah, that'd page. Be great. But we've got some things in mind, and we will we'll let you know as soon as it looks like those are going to show up. Yeah.
0: So look for those, and it'll be very similar to the way that we're releasing this. So uh, look forward to that, and go over to our Patreon and subscribe. That would be great. And you can also... You know, always check in on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, we'll see you there. Bye-bye. Bye.